Land ho! Ahoy, mateys! It is the Columbus Day special of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. We've got a lot to discuss regarding Christopher Columbus and the celebration of Columbus Day. There is a chance that this will be the last holiday special that I do in 2022. Last year I did a Halloween special, a Christmas special, a Thanksgiving special. I don't want to just rehash the same shit. So I will encourage and remind you guys to go check those out around the holidays this year. Check out the ones from last year, even if you've heard them before. And then also be because my Christmas special last year was very short, like 16, 17 minutes, and it was almost more of an actual production of telling a story, I will plug that whole thing in at the very end of whatever I do for the episode that is released on December 19th, so leading up to Christmas. So you won't have to go dig it up. You will get a chance to hear that again. I'll just tack it onto the end of that episode. In the event that I potentially do any other holiday episodes this year, it'll probably be something where I'm you know researching things and holidays that I'm not really familiar with, like Kwanzaa or Hanukkah. Right now, don't really have plans to do that, but if I run out of content or ideas for shows, well, that might just happen. Also, while I'm speaking about holidays, I want to let everyone know that my mom is coming up to visit right around Thanksgiving, so it's going to be a very short visit, but hopefully when she's here, I will come up with a topic and we will find the time to get my mom back on another episode for your listening pleasure. All right, so really quick, I want to do just some basic updates. So for anyone who listened to last week's episode, The Wealth of Politics, I believe is what I ended up finally titling it, where I talked about all the money that these public servants make and ridiculous salaries and residuals and just somehow all of these people have crazy net worths, even though they're making salaries that aren't, you know, exorbitant. But I have learned since releasing that episode, apparently some stuff's been coming out about Dr. Anthony Fauci. That was the asshole who during COVID... COVID told us all what we had to do. He was the one that pushed for all the vaccines and for quarantines, for masks. Just a heads up, in case you didn't know or hear this already, Dr. Anthony Fauci out-earned every other federal employee, 4.3 million other federal employees, out-earned all of them including the president, in 2020. He absolutely profited off of coronavirus. Just between 2019 and 2021, he has brought in over $5 million. And he has announced that he is retiring at the end of 2022. But guess what? Doesn't stop there. The taxpayers will continue to pay Dr. Anthony Fauci $350,000 a year in pension. What? If I remember correctly from last week's episode, the vice president makes a salary of $370,000 so for the rest of Fauci's shitty life, well, not that shitty because he's rich, bitch, but for the rest of his life, we the taxpayers are going to continue to pay that man only $20,000 less a year than the active sitting vice president. That's fucked up. How is it possible that he's getting a pension of $350,000 a year? And I'm sure he's collecting Social Security. In addition, continuing to suckle off of the American teat after he already bent us over and fucked us in the old dumper. Dr. Anthony Fauci, go fuck yourself. Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses. I'm Batman.
All right, I'm not going to do a ton of updates otherwise because I have a lot to discuss regarding Christopher Columbus, and I don't want this to be another crazy long episode, which a lot of my episodes lately have gotten closer to an hour, if not over an hour. Not that you guys would necessarily have an issue with that. It just means a lot more work of editing and producing on my end. But before getting to Mr. Christopher Columbus and the history and all that jazz, I want to remind everybody that you can go follow me on social media on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Jeff Becomes Jeff. All right, so as with many of my episodes, there's going to be a lot of learning happening on this episode, and there's a lot of stuff that I learned and didn't realize, or maybe I thought I knew something about Columbus, and I was wrong. So really quick, just speaking to the actual holiday, and that holiday will be the day that this episode comes out, October 10th of 2022. So this episode is coming out right on Columbus Day. The first time Christopher Columbus was ever celebrated was on October 12th of 1792, and that was to commemorate his 300th anniversary of his first landing on shore. Then in 1934, October 12th was declared a national holiday. Now, October 12th can fall on any given day, and it wasn't until 1971 that they said, you know what, it's going to be every second Monday in October, doesn't have to be the 12th, and it's now going to be not a national holiday, but a federal holiday. So, of course, we all know what Columbus Day is celebrating, right? I mean, I'm going to give you a second to just say out loud really quick, what does Columbus Day celebrate? If you said discovering America, you are incorrect. As a matter of fact, Christopher Columbus never once in his life set foot in North America. What? Yes, I know that may seem surprising. You might be thinking, but wait a minute. That's what they've always told me. If you don't believe me, Google that shit. Never once set foot in North America, let alone in the country that we consider the United States of America. So let's discuss kind of a quick background about who Christopher Columbus was. He was Italian. And if I remember correctly, I did not put this in my notes, but I feel like his technical Italian name was Christophorus Colon. It was not actually Columbus. I think it was because he started to work with the Spanish monarchs. We'll get to that here in a second, but maybe that's how his name just became Christopher Columbus. Not sure. I didn't dig into that clearly. But anyway, rewind. So he was an Italian explorer. He married a Portuguese noblewoman, and they had his first son, Diego. He then later took a Castilian mistress and had his second son, Ferdinand. So he was a bit of a philanderer. So, in Christopher Columbus's life, he made essentially four voyages, cross-Atlantic voyages. We're going to discuss each of those voyages. Primarily, we're going to focus on the first voyage, though, because that is the voyage that we are celebrating his finger quotes discovery of America, which didn't happen. But let's talk about that first voyage. So... In the late 1400s, he was trying to find a passage to the East Indies. So that would be like China and India. And his whole goal was he was just trying to get rich based on a very lucrative spice trade in that region. That's for my boy. Mm. Oh, yeah. Player. Player. Big dick player. 
swinging past your knees. Now, if no one knew how to get to the East Indies, how did he know that there was a lucrative spice trade there? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe someone had stumbled across the ocean from the area. I don't know. But he was having a hard time getting anyone to fund the voyage and finally ended up convincing the Catholic monarchs of Spain to sponsor his trip. And, of course, they agreed with the understanding that all of the land that he would be discovering, he would be securing as new land to be owned by Spain. So it wasn't so much exploration as much as it was conquering. Also, Columbus was motivated by the fact that if he was successful in securing land for Spain, the monarchs would make him a viceroy, I believe that's how that's pronounced, and governor of all of the new lands that he had claimed for them. Player. Player. So, now fully funded by these Spanish monarchs, he left the coast of Spain on August 3rd of 1492. He had with him a crew of 86 Spaniards across three ships. Can you name the three ships that Columbus used on his first voyage? I'll give you a chance to answer. That's right, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. So the Santa Maria was the flagship. It was the largest and it was more of like the cargo ship. The Nina and the Pinta were each only about 60 feet long. That's not a very big ship. So think about it this way. Like if you were to envision a football field, if you were to set the Nina and the Pinta inside one end zone, and I know this is stupid because I'm making it seem like these boats are playing football, but let's say that with each play, they advanced the boat one full boat length. Yeah, this is a really dumb analogy. Anyway, it would take six plays for them to score a touchdown. So basically you could fit six of the Nina or the Pinta in between the two end zones of a football field. So that's trying to give you an idea. They're not that big. So remember, we had 86 Spaniards in tow with Christopher Columbus. 20 sailors were on the Nina, 26 on the Pinta. And on those two boats, they were so small that there was no cabins or quarters. So the crew members working on those boats, they were forced to basically just sleep in the same spot that they would be working. And it was very difficult because people were constantly tromping around them doing their work while they were trying to sleep. They also had horrible eating conditions. Shocker. So let's go back. Remember that Columbus, his goal was to reach the East Indies. And because of his wife, Filipa Perestrello, I don't know if I'm saying that right, his Portuguese noblewoman wife, she was able to give him access to nautical charts because her dad had been a captain with the Portuguese Navy under Prince Henry the Navigator. That's a stupid name. But this kind of cued him in on little secrets about how to deal with things called trade winds and general nautical information that he thought would allow him to chart out the course toward the East Indies. Sadly, despite having access to these documents, Columbus had been completely wrong about the number of degrees of longitude and the distance that each degree represented, so he never reached the East Indies. All right, so these three boats set sail early August 1492. Not far from the coast of Spain, they made a pit stop at a very familiar set of islands, the Canary Islands. They restocked on their provisions, made repairs that they needed to make to their boats, and then set sail again on September 6th of 1492, which would then be followed by five straight weeks in the ocean. Very difficult five straight weeks, mind you. The crew, they were about ready to mutiny. Columbus knew this, and he was almost ready to call the whole thing off. You like potatoes, and I like potatoes. 
you like tomato, and I like tomato, potato, patata, tomato, tomato. Oh, let's call the whole thing off. Turn the ships around and try and head back to Spain, or at least to the Canary Islands. And because of his poor navigation, Prince Henry the Navigator, he was not. They had no idea when or if they were going to hit land in the direction they were going. However, right before Columbus made the decision to turn things around, on October 7th, some of the crew members spotted a large flock of birds, which might indicate that they were close to land. On October 11th, Columbus decided to change their course, heading due west, and just kind of under the hunch that land was close or imminent. And around 2 a.m. that following morning, land was finally spotted. Land ho! And Columbus had found America. Wait! Nope, not America. He had found the Bahamas. Afternoon delight Cocktails and moonlit nights That dreamy look in your eye Give me a tropical contact high Way down in Copenhagen Now, the island of Bahamas was already populated with natives and locals who at the time referred to the island by name as Guanahani. But Columbus was like, yeah, fuck that. I'm going to name it San Salvador, which means holy savior. So let me read to you a journal entry from October 12th that would end up kind of being a letter that goes back to his investors, the Spanish monarchs. And I'm just going to read this. I've removed a few words just to make it more concise, but otherwise this is verbatim. I saw some who had wounds on their bodies and they made us signs asking what they were and they showed me how people from the other islands came there and tried to take them and how they defended themselves. I believe they came here to take them captive. They should be good and intelligent servants for I see that they say very quickly everything that is said to them and I believe that they would become Christians very easily for it seems to me that they had no religion. The time of my departure I will take a six of them from here to your highnesses in order that they may learn to speak. Yes, that's a horrible Italian accent. All that to say that Columbus was a total bag of shit. He's making it sound like, oh, these poor natives have been constantly attacked by people trying to take over their island, so I'm gonna go ahead and grab six of them and bring them back with me to be servants. Also, let's go ahead and just make new Christians out of them. Also, in addition to deciding to just willy-nilly change the name of their island to San Salvador, I don't know how it ended up becoming Bahamas, I didn't look that up. Do some homework, people. But he also started referring to the natives as Los Indios, which is the Spanish word for Indians. Ah! Which may have made sense because he had been searching for the East Indies and clearly did not know where he was. So now all of a sudden, you know, the word Indians, that's such a bad word. And anything other than Native Americans is wholly offensive. But that was basically started by Christopher Columbus. Because of a total misrepresentation of bad navigation, and then essentially that term was applied to any native or indigenous people on any other piece of land that were found thereafter. So for all of you thin-skinned, butthurt people that don't like the fact that a team is called the Cleveland Indians or the Atlanta Braves or anything Washington Redskins, and you think that's horribly atrocious, maybe you should not celebrate Columbus Day. Now I am, I am too hurt. I, I am shocked and, and offended and, and hurt. 
All right, so after a few weeks on Bahamas, San Salvador, whatevs, he started to continue exploring and landed on the northeast coast of Cuba on October 28th. He then continued on to the next island uh, known as Hispaniola, or Hispaniola, whatever, and he landed there on December 8th. On December 25th, Christmas Day, the Santa Maria ran aground on the coastline of Hispaniola. And had to be abandoned, so no more Santa Maria. Since there was really no way to get all of them safely back to Spain, he ended up leaving 39 of his men behind to found a settlement at the time known as La Navidad, or what we now know as Haiti. While leaving 39 of his crew members behind, he somehow managed to find room to take more native prisoners and continue to explore. Then in early 1493, he decided, okay, I'm heading back to Spain, and he was on the Nina, and then they still had the Pinta, but unfortunately a storm caused the two boats to get separated, and his boat, the Nina, had to stop at an island called Santa Maria. How fitting that they had to stop after the storm on an island with the same name as the boat that they weren't able to use anymore. Because the storm had been so bad, half of his crew went on shore and found a chapel and they were praying to thank God for their survival through the storm. And they were arrested by the locals under suspicion that they were pirates. Gar, Brady, where are you headed? Peter. You are not a pirate. After a two-day-long standoff, they were finally released and Columbus was able to proceed back to Spain. Wow! <laughs> I mean, that was close. <laughs> we can laugh about it now. We're all right, you know. <laughs> so, of course, Columbus returns back to Spain. He's a hero. Yay, yay, yay. But he ain't done yet. He's like, I'm going to turn around, and I'm heading right back out. So later in 1493, now he had a better idea of where he was going, what his follies had been in his calculations earlier, and he ended up going back to the settlement, La Navidad, on November 22nd, 1493. That was where he had left 39 of his Spaniard crewmates behind. Unfortunately, the fort was in complete ruins and had been completely destroyed by local tribes on the island because of the Spaniards' unrestrained lust for gold and women. Money and pussy, getting men in trouble since 1493. No, it's probably much longer than that. So that was basically a wasted trip back to La Navidad. No one was there. So from April to August of 1494, Columbus then continued to explore Cuba and Jamaica before finally returning to Hispaniola, where there were now some Spanish settlers. But unfortunately, by the end of 1494, disease and famine had killed two-thirds of the Spanish settlers. Columbus then decided to implement something called encomienda, a Spanish labor system that rewarded conquerors with free labor of non-Christian natives. Once again, you don't believe in God and Jesus. You're a piece of shit and you're a slave. But Columbus executed people for minor crimes. He used dismemberment as one of his punishments. He enslaved indigenous people, including children, and the natives were beaten, raped, and tortured for information primarily on where to find gold. As a matter of fact, thousands of the natives actually committed suicide instead of allowing themselves to be subjected to the oppression by Columbus 
and the Spaniards. That's fucked up. So now it's February of 1495. Columbus enslaved around 1,500 natives at this point and decided, I'm going to take the 500 strongest and ship them back to Spain as slaves. What a piece of shit. And about 200 of those 500 strong indigenous slaves actually died during the trip back to Spain. All right, so that was trip number two. So, so far, Columbus, not a really cool dude. You suck, you jackass. So this time he kind of waited a little bit of time, a couple years between trips, and departed for the third out of the four total voyages he would make in his lifetime on May 30th, 1498. Now, during that trip, reports of Columbus's barbarity was being reported back to the Spanish monarchs and the courts in Spain, and some of the reports getting back to the Spanish monarchs included that he punished a man suspected of stealing corn by having his nose and ears cut off before selling him into slavery. Another report was that he had paraded a woman naked through the streets before cutting her tongue for speaking ill of the admiral and his brothers. Columbus, being the admiral, also reported that he had paraded dismembered bodies of natives through the streets to discourage further rebellion. Yeah, he was a piece of shit who never even found America. So by October of the year 1500, Columbus was eventually put in chains and shipped back to Spain, and he then spent six weeks in jail in Spain. But eventually, you know, he talked his way out of it, had all of his freedom and his wealth restored, and was granted funding for a fourth voyage. What? I promise I did not to cut off of the man's nose, just to his ears. Just a flesh wound. So here we are on the fourth and final trip. Columbus departed Spain on May 9th, 1502 with a brand new Santa Maria, the 1502 model. This one had bucket seats. Okay, no, not really. But along with three other ships, 140 crew members, including his brother and his son, Fernando. So his second son, born of the mistress. So you would assume, all right, this is your fourth voyage. Clearly you've learned something. Yeah, maybe not. Because his 14-year-old son, Ferdinand, was quoted to have said about that fourth expedition with the heat and dampness our biscuits had become so wormy that many waited for darkness to eat porridge made of it that they might not see the maggots others were so used to eating them that they didn't even trouble to pick them out ew so the fourth voyage columbus still has his sights set on the east indies but instead ended up just exploring the honduras costa rica cayman islands nicaragua panama I mean, honestly, from the sounds of it, if Columbus were alive today, he would love modern cruise lines because they hit a lot of those spots. For all I know, there's a cruise line to the East Indies. That would be a bucket list item for old Chris. So on June 25th, 1503, a massive storm caused Columbus and all of his ships to be stranded on the coast of Jamaica. Now remember, a lot of the Spaniards over the years had started to settle on these islands because they were like, well, this is Spanish land now, so we're going to start settling here. Fuck the natives, they're slaves. That ain't so cool, man. But many of the high-ranking Spaniards on the nearby islands hated Columbus because of the piece of 
shit that he was and refused to offer any help or rescue to his basically entire crew and boats stranded in Jamaica. So finally, out of desperation for food and rescue, Columbus used his knowledge of astronomy to finger quotes predict a lunar eclipse on February 29th, 1504, winning the favor of the natives and securing rescue. So it was basically just bullshit. He made it seem like he was predicting something. He was magic. He was powerful. By the power of Grayskull. Pay no attention to the astronomy book behind the curtain. So there you go. Those were Columbus's four primary voyages. So this piece of shit, human garbage, human trafficker, liar, charlatan, pretty much always claimed that the main reason for his explorations was motivated to convert non-believers into Christianity. Hi, can I help you? Excuse me, sir. Have you found Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ? Uh, no, I haven't seen him. Well, all right then. Have a good day. All right, he's gone. Thanks, man. Yeah, But, you know, continuing along the fact that he was motivated by Christianity to murder, enslave, steal. What a good Christian, Jeff. But then in 1505, he released a book called Book of Prophecies, where he used passages from the Bible to better explain his achievements as an explorer. Again, very hypocritical for a mass murderer, human trafficker, torturer to use God and religion as reasoning for his own perceived success. Guess what, asshole? You never landed after four voyages in the place you wanted to go the first time. Not the biggest success. All right, so let's talk about the death of the piece of shit Christopher Columbus. It is presumed that he died from something called reactive arthritis, which is joint inflammation caused by either like an intestinal bacterial infection or an STD like chlamydia or gonorrhea. But we already know eating conditions weren't that great. Maybe the odds of an intestinal bacterial infection was very high. Even after just his first return voyage, he suffered from what was thought to be gout. And over the following years, he would get symptoms like fevers. Okay, that's not too bad. Temporary blindness. Hey, that's not good. And bleeding from the eyes. What? Keep in mind, he still did three voyages with those symptoms. Now, modern experts believe that he did not actually have gout and it was misdiagnosed, but instead it was reactive arthritis from poor sanitation, improper food handling, especially over two decades of boat living. 
Quick side note for those of you out there who are like, I don't know what gout is, Jeff. Basically, it's a form of arthritis, and one of the main symptoms is like a big buildup of inflammation right around like the first knuckle of the big toe. When I say the first knuckle, I mean the one that goes from the foot to the toe, not where the toe would bend. So anyway, back to the death of the piece of shit, Christopher Columbus. After he got back from his fourth trip, he had felt like he had not been given all of the power and the gold that he had been promised by the Spanish monarchs. By the power of Grayskull! And he started fighting really hard to try and get what gold he thought he had coming to him. He was starting to grow more and more ill, and he settled in Seville in April 1505, again continuously pushing for his promised riches. Then in 1506, he moved to Segovia, Segovia, whatevs, traveling by mule. That sounds fun, especially when you're really sick, because the king was getting married in that city or town or whatever it is, and he was basically continuing to chase them down to beg for his, Can I have my money, por favor? He finally died shortly thereafter in that town or city of Segovia, Segovia, never getting any of his riches for him or his family, and finally died on May 20th, 1506, at 54 years of age. So you guys know I'm not a big fan of just celebrating holidays because it's simply on the calendar. That's why I don't celebrate my birthday, Father's Day, stuff like that. If someone is worth celebrating, then celebrate them based on accomplishments or something that they've done at any given moment in their life. Don't just blankly and blindly celebrate something just because the calendar says you have to because there's a chance maybe that person is a piece of shit. In addition to cheating on his wife, I mean, in addition to all of the other shit, I mean, at the core of it, Columbus was a big-time human trafficker and would snatch people out of their homes and ship them off to Spain to be slaves because he considered himself to be better than them simply because he was a Christian and they were not. Of course they weren't Christians. They lived on a fucking island and they never heard all of these stories about God and Christ. Obviously, you know, the idea of slavery is a very sore spot here in the United States of America. But the fact is, is back then, it had been going on for hundreds and thousands and hundreds and thousands of years. I mean, going back to, I mean, who do you think built the pyramids and things like that back in Egypt? We know those were all slaves. The idea of slave labor, it was just a standard practice. You can't look back and be like, Thomas Jefferson was a vile human being because he owned slaves. Well, yeah, he owned slaves because that's all he'd ever known his entire life. Not saying that makes it right, but you do have to look at things from a matter of perspective. The fact is, it's still happening, people. You think we've progressed so far? Let's talk about Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House and the first in line to become president should something happen to Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. We have a shortage of workers in our country, and you see even in Florida, some of the farmers and the growers saying, why are you shipping these... uh, That took you a few seconds to get to the word immigrants. Immigrants. Was your tongue tripping over Mexicans, perhaps? Uh, Up north, we need them to pick the crops down here. 
Did you just say pick the crops? If you are an African-American and you are not 150% livid with Nancy Pelosi's dismissive, casual, stereotypical approach at what in any other situation would be considered a reference to slavery, I mean, you absolutely should be outraged. How is this not covering every second of every news cycle right now? Oh, that's right, because pretty much every single news outlet is doing their best to prop up the left-wing Democrat agenda. So, while you're celebrating Columbus Day, perhaps enjoying a day off, a paid day off, no doubt, because it's a federal holiday, I just want to remind everybody this is an absolutely fake holiday. We're celebrating someone who never reached North America or set foot in America, so we've been lied to this whole time. He's the person who essentially started the trend of referring to native or indigenous people as Indians, and he was a murdering, torturing, human trafficking, raping... piece of shit with an absolute horrible sense of navigation. All right, I hope everybody learned a little bit of something, at the very least to learn that you've been celebrating this holiday all wrong all of this time. I should know, I live in the city of Columbus, Ohio, named after Christopher Columbus, who never, ever got anywhere close to the city. Don't forget to follow me on social media on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Jeff Becomes Jeff. Thank you, everyone, for continuing to tune in. Until next time, I'm Jeff. Now I am I am too hurt. I, I am and shocked and, and offended and, and hurt. And I am a Jeff. Good night. to the devil and I prayed and I showed him the mess that I've made and I cried and I cried and I cried a million times over but the devil just laughed in my face I went to the God of fire and said can you turn the heat a little higher cause I've been burned and I've been burned Times over, but he just covered me with water. So I went to the Lord of the sea. Say, won't you come wash over me? Cause the roads and the woods have been winding a million times over, but she receded from.
look at You said I don't really want to be your friend I've been tried and I've cried and I'm done crying And then I laughed in his face And then I saw the guy on fire He said you don't need to keep me Put him with water from the land. 